All right, so we're talking about relationships and not, and it can be one or the other or both. Obviously, marriage is a relationship, uh, but we're talking specifically. Here's here's the reason why we're doing this uh, basically 11 and 12-week class that I'm doing. As we started out with last time, the most difficult thing for people is getting along with people. It's hard. It's tough. It's the fallen nature makes it extremely difficult. By the way, here's a question number one for the day. Who can hurt you, basically emotionally, not physically, who can hurt you more than anyone else? The what? The ones you love. The people you care about are the ones that are going to hurt you the worst. If somebody on the street comes up to me and says, hey, hey, Rich, you're, you're ugly. I'm like, okay, well, whatever, but uh, everybody says amen. But uh, it's like, uh, <laughs> it's like no big deal. Now, if my wife comes up to me and says that, I'm not going to be happy. True or not, I'm not going to want to hear it. Uh, but again, what we say can be tremendously hurtful to those that we love. So we're going through, last week we did uh, part one, we're doing part two of communication this morning. Next week, we're going to do commitment. The number one reason People get divorced. And again, this isn't just about marriage, but it, it fits into any relationship. But the number one reason for divorce is a lack of commitment. Valerie and I were spending some time uh, late last night together, which I love to do. And we it's kind of our decompressed time. We, we get together, we chat for a little bit. And uh, I talked about this for a few minutes. I'm like, you know, the biggest reason that basically marriages break up is a lack of commitment. And I'm like, you know, I, I go to the store, you buy a, a pack of Diet Coke, it's like, whatever. People get married like they're buying a, a package of soda. It's like, yeah, we got married, at whatever, you know, it's cool, I like doing it, we had a nice wedding, but there's zero commitment. When there's zero commitment, bam, the, the relationship's going to fall apart. So we're going to talk about that for about 35, 40 minutes next week, so that's the little teaser as to where we're going to go. So we're into part two to this morning. And by the way, uh, a few folks had said, hey, are we going to do a Q&A time allow us to interact? And uh, the answer is yes, but we're going to, because we're doing this live stream as well as this is part of, this literally is going to be part of my premarital counseling that all young couples getting married, they're going to watch this uh, before I'll marry them. Uh, so those that are here, obviously, that are engaged, you're good to go. But uh, we want to have this uh, for the future, so I want to be very careful about what we say during the first 30 minutes or so. Then we'll open it up. So if you got notes or questions or comments, uh, write them down so you don't forget because, I mean, 10 minutes into it, I'll forget a question. But uh, we'll have a little chit-chat time, and uh, I will stay after for those that have questions or whatever. We'll be happy to do that. Technically, we're done in 30 minutes, but uh, we'll see how we go. Uh, I'll dismiss at 11.30. I'll be happy to stay. Very quick review from last week. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 reminds us two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Doing things alone, tedious, hard, it's always good to have somebody that you enjoy will go there uh, uh, with you to help the labor go well. It's a biblical principle. Ecclesiastes 4.10, for if they fall, one will lift up his companion. Now, when I fall this morning and fall off my platform, somebody's going to come up here and help me up. Right, John? I'll find somebody. You'll find somebody. All right. 
<laughs> Very good. So if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. We've all seen the commercials for years. I, don't see, I haven't seen one in a long time, but I've fallen and I can't get up, right? So you get the little thing, and it uh, calls whomever. They come, they help the person and get them up. Well, it's a bad thing. I got comments about this cute little slide. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? And I, uh, I made the comment last week, and I'm, I, don't, I don't care, I'll make it again, that uh, I couldn't put people in there because it just wouldn't look right, so I got two cute little doggies to do this. So, uh, but whether it's mom and, mom and dad or two little doggies, uh, especially back in the, the time when this was written several thousand years ago, uh, that the warmth of having somebody with you during the winter and so forth, it's very warming. Isn't that cute? I like that. Anyway, I miss my doggies. Where's Valerie? Is she in here? We're working on, we're, we're working on getting, I'm working her on trying to get another doggy, so pray about that. Anyway, Ecclesiastes 4.12, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. What's God saying? And a lot of marriages, as we stated, use this in a marriage ceremony. You've got husband, you've got wife, they come together, the third strand. Uh, most marriages, it'll be a symbolic thing of God. You put the three together, it's tight, it's strong, it's virtually unbreakable, uh, except by extreme force. So it's another good thing from Ecclesiastes. Last time, we went through Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 to 32. Very convicting, very powerful. Again, if you haven't seen it, it's on sermonaudio.com. It's on our website, myugbc.com. We have all these things on various streams. It's also, I think, on YouTube as well. Ephesians 4.29, just to read it. We're not going to go through it. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. In other words, how do you blow a relationship? Right here, right? You say things, you hurt people. Again, the people that we're trying to have a, a, a decent relationship, whether it's father, son, mother, daughter, person to person, friend to friend, and we say something, and boy, all of a sudden we say something that's inappropriate or, or hurtful, you just blew that relationship. It's going to hurt. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearer. In other words, in the, in the marriage context, uh, and, I, and again, I'm going to go back and forth between relationships and marriage relationships because both are represented here. But we're talking about, oops, sorry about the doggy, must have bumped something. Um, when, you're, when you're relating to each other, what is good for edification? What is showing grace to the other person? Familiarity, like we said, breeds contempt. The longer we know somebody, the easier it is to say something we shouldn't say. After the multiplicity of years that Valerie and I have been married, there's things that her, she will say and things that I will say that we wouldn't have dared said many years ago. You say, why don't you give us how long you're married? Because I'm not going to. It's a long time. Okay. <laughs> You're like, yeah, whatever. All right, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit of God? You don't get along with somebody. That's how you, you grieve God's Spirit. He's saying, don't let any corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, only that which is good for the other person. Do you know how hard that is? Every Yesterday I was talking to someone. It's a good thing. I will I, never say anything that will be bad about something, especially when somebody may figure out, well, it might have happened in this church, but I was talking to a good friend. What do you say? He said, you know, we come to church, and 
we look across the aisle, and there's a sweet, happy couple. And uh, it's like, wow, you know, they got their act together. How beautiful, how wonderful. I wish our marriage was like that or our relationship was like that. And the people on this side are looking over at them, and they say, wow, look at that couple. I wish we were like them. Our, our, we're having a tough time, and our relationship is strained. And, man, if we could only be like that couple across the way. Do you get what it's saying? And he's like, you know, and I love this. you got to be real. When we come to church and uh, we put on our best faces, we try to be happy, we try to be excited about everything, and, and that's good, we should. But you're hurting inside, and the relationship is strained, or your relationships with work or family or a spouse is strained, and we come and it's like we're burdened and it's heavy and it's hard. And you know, and here's the answer. I am giving you... Not because it's me. These are the biblical answers to how to make that relationship work, to how to make your marriage work. But here's the trick. Talking about it doesn't do anything. I can teach you, bring you to a marriage ceremony or relationships, uh, uh, um, not ceremony, a class. We can go to uh, some beautiful place, which we do, to conference grounds. We can talk about all these things, and we get them in our head, and then we go back home, and you know what happens? Nothing. Man, that was a good class. Boy, I got a lot out of that. What we talked about this morning, then you got to pay the piper. It's time to time to do what we've been talking about. And that's where it gets tough, right? I mean, let's be honest. Like he said, can we be real? And we got to be real in church. If we put on the happy face and everything's okay and, oh, yeah, life is good, and then all of a sudden uh, I get a call on the phone and it's like uh, I'm in big trouble with so-and-so, I got in a bad fight, uh, our marriage is about two seconds from ending, and it's like, please call me way before you get to that point. Okay? Just a thought. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Here's the things. Now put this in your relationships. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. God's saying, Christians, you want to know why you have problems with relationships? Because you get mad at people. You get bitter. By the way, when you get bitter against somebody, who does it hurt? It hurts the person who's bitter. The other person could care less. They're having a great day. You're sitting at home stewing. Ah, I can't believe they did that. And it's hurt, and it messes you up physically. You want to know how to get sick? Get bitter. You want to know how to have a bad day? Get bitter. I don't have time, but I'm going to do it anyway. I haven't put it on tape, so we'll do it. Back at a mega church that I used to attend about 40 years ago, lady, and some of you have heard this, most of you have not, a lady comes walking down the hall and uh, comes up to the pastor and says, Pastor, I need to talk to you. And uh, pastor's, you know, he's got like 10,000 people in the auditorium, but he's like, all right, let's afterwards see me, we'll talk. Comes in and she says, Pastor, I'm ready to have a nervous breakdown. I can't take it anymore. He's like, well, I'm so sorry to hear that. He says, I'm going to give you an assignment. She's like, an assignment? She's like, yeah, here's, here's what you need to do, and you probably will be okay. What do I need to do? And go buy a dozen roses. Go buy a dozen roses? Yeah, I want you to buy a dozen roses, and I want you to go to a nursing home and give them to somebody in the nursing home. Okay. 
Then I want you to go home and, build, and bake a dozen cookies. And I want you to find some little mama who's having a tough day, and I want you to uh, deliver them to her house and give her, give her the, that dozen cookies or whatever you bake. Okay. And then I want you to go out and buy a box of chocolates. And I want you to find someone else that you know has been having a tough time, and I want you to go to your house, their house and give them that box of chocolates. You come back and see me next week, and we'll talk about how you're doing. I don't know how it's going to help me, Pastor, but okay, if that's what you think I should do. And this is true, folks. I'm dead serious about what I'm telling you right now. So this lady who's ready to have a nervous breakdown can't take it. She gets those three. She goes out. She buys a dozen roses, gets, makes the dozen cookies. She uh, goes, buys the box of chocolate. She goes to the nursing home, delivers the flowers to a lady. The little lady perks up and, oh, thanks so much. You made my day. And guess what it did to the lady that gave them to her? Oh, wow. This is cool. She's happy. Hey, I know uh, a young mom going through some tough times right now. And uh, she gets those cookies and she brings them to the house. Hey, I, I was thinking about you. I knew you were going through a tough time. Here's some cookies I made for you. And the mom starts crying and she's like, oh, thank you so much for thinking about me. It's been tough, but you made my day. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. You made my day. She takes those chocolates over to uh, somebody who, who she knew and, and uh, a couple that was going through some tough times with some things and she gives them the chocolates and they're like, you honestly thought about us? You, you care about us. And they took the chocolates and she gets a smile on her face and goes home rejoicing. And the next Sunday, dead truth, folks, pastor's walking through this giant church. The lady comes running down the hall. She sees the pastor. Pastor! Pastor! And he said, uh, 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 how you doing? And he calls out her name. He said, Pastor, I decided to call off my nervous breakdown. <laughs> you know why? Others, Lord, yes, others. Let this my motto be. Help me to live for others, Lord, that I might live like thee. You see, the happiest times of your day is when you make your relationship happy, when you make your spouse happy, when you invest in someone else's life, when we get out of the self-centered thing. And God says, let all bitterness, anger, wrath, clamor, and evil speak be put away from you with all malice. Oh, boy. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving, just as God and Christ forgave you. Wow, man, you can't believe what that person did to me. You don't understand how bad it was. Abraham, go slay your son. She'll prove to me you love me. Son, Jesus, go down and die for the people because I love them. And you look at your spouse or your friend or your others that you have a relationship with, and it's like, ah, you just... You tick me off. And you let them have it. God says, don't. You want to know how to stop the fighting at home? Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. Familiarity breeds contempt. We've got to fight it. Forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. That was last week. Let's go to part two. Treat each other as you wish to be treated. A lot of amens on that one. Matthew chapter 7, If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven, good Father's Day message, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good, give, good 
Give good things. There we go, tongue twister. Give good things to those who ask him. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law of the prophets. You know, folks, the hardest thing in the world as we started out with is a relationship. Relating to someone, trying to get along with someone. Folks, the old sin nature does everything it can to try and pull us away from each other. And God says, listen, dads, moms, you like giving gifts to your kids? Good gifts. I mean, I can't go there. But I want my kids to be happy. I want them to have good gifts. And what do we do? I remember my, I'll talk about my dad for a moment. It was a Christmas time. And I'm a, I'm a clock guy. I love clocks. I love watches. Uh, I, I mean, just, I get excited about it. I love, I love seeing time. And I love clocks. My dad goes out. He knew that. And I was about, I don't know, maybe a young teenager. And he goes out and buys me a watch. And I, I got the watch. I was excited about it. But I really didn't say anything. My dad was like, he comes in my room and he says, Rich, he says, what did you think about that watch I got you? All of a sudden it dawned. I mean, I love my dad. I mean, we had a super relationship. I love my dad with all my heart. And I'm like, I hurt my dad's feelings because I didn't say how much I appreciated that watch. And my dad was hurt. And he was a hard guy to hurt, folks. <laughs> He's a tough old German boy. But his feelings were hurt. I said, well, Dad, I'm sorry. I said, man, I, I got it. I was excited. I love it. It's wonderful. And put the smile back on Dad's face. And God says, you know how much you like to give good gifts to your children? That's how we need to respond with others, giving them what we can, whether it's emotional support, material support, uh, physical support, all those things. Proverbs chapter 15, a soft answer turns away wrath. Folks, if we could get this in our vocabulary, in our spiritual bank account, you will knock off 90% of the bad relationships. A soft answer turns away wrath. I can't believe you did that. How come you left the top off the toothpaste? How come you didn't shut the toilet seat? How could you possibly use my dish rag as a face towel. <laughs> Folks, I've been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> How could you? My wife looks at me and says, I love you, buddy. Give me a little one of them little winky poos. <laughs> a soft answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. You want to fight? Anybody's willing, most anybody's willing to fight. Some people cower down. I mean, they, they, they're just destroyed. When somebody doesn't respond to something that's inappropriately done, they're already destroyed. Can't take it anymore. I could go through scenario after scenario. 
especially young people, mom and dad, or one or the other, mostly in broken homes, and the treatment is horrific. When I was down in the city of Milwaukee and worked down there virtually every day on the streets, and you go to certain parts, and I'd watch mom grab their two, three, four-year-old by the hand. Come on! I mean, just like that with a child. About rip the arm out of the socket. They're crossing a busy street and just screaming at them, dragging them, yelling at them. I saw this type of stuff over and over and over again. And I always thought about this, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth, pours forth foolishness. And I've watched as little children are destroyed and they grow up to be teenagers and they hate their parents with all their heart instead of like most of us who love our parents and their relationship is destroyed because of the anger and the hatred. and the, uh, I don't hate my kid. When you talk to them like you hate them, that's all they register. When you scream at them in harsh words and anger, now we go up to somebody at a level that we work with or somebody on a relationship that's a friend and then you bring it up to the marital relationship and all this means so much a harsh word stirs up anger have you ever had anybody that's super upset with you all of a sudden go off on you can't believe it and away it goes I talked about the particular judge that I had that issue with constantly he catch me in the hall last week. We talked about it and just start screaming at me about whatever was on his mind. It's okay. I'll call you. I'll call you, Judge. We'll take care of it. I'll take care of it for you. It's okay. Why are you smiling? Because we're going to talk, and I'm going to make it okay. Okay. He can go back to his office. I call him, and, hey, Judge, how you doing? And he'd just start going off and say, okay, I figured out the answer to it. And here's the answer. Hey, that'll work. Good, Judge. I'm happy. How about that person you're having a difficult time with? How about that difficult employee? How about that difficult boss? How about that difficult spouse? How? By the way, there's no such thing as difficult if you love folks. You just have to understand them. Proverbs 15, 28, the heart of the righteous studies how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. Hmm. Let me think about how I should respond. You know, man, me and you have been friends forever and ever and ever, and life is good, and all of a sudden that person comes in and says something that, boom, lights your fire. And all of a sudden you feel it starting in your toes and it starts to turn red and you're feeling the heat go up your body. Ever been there? I've been there. And I want to go. I want to explode on them. I don't know if I've ever used the count to ten method, but probably not a bad method. Just breathe. Think. Why are they having a tough time today? 
Well, I come home sometimes and uh, my husband is just absolutely furious about things. Or, or you as a, a wife comes home and you're just uh, upset and the other person or the other person in this uh, friendship relationship and it's just contentious and it's horrible and they're going off and it's like, what in the world is their problem? Then you find out they got some bad news. They found out somebody they loved was sick, dying, or in the hospital. They found out that their paycheck was going to get reduced or their benefits are going to get reduced. And they had somebody at work that just absolutely destroyed them by <laughs> using bad, harsh things. And they walk in and they've been beat up all day and they have had it. Folks, they couldn't explode where they were, so they come home and explode. Can we get real? <sighs> By the way, you know what happens 24 hours after that explosion takes place? Man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. The damage is done. It's hurtful. It's harsh. Now you got to do the hardest thing on the earth. What's the hardest thing on the earth to do to somebody you've offended? Yeah, thank you. Apologize. Ah, I can't believe I did that. And you got to go back and you got to fix it. And God says, listen, before you blow up, when somebody's blowing up, when somebody says something that absolutely gets under your skin, pause, think. Don't just talk. The smartest words when I worked for David Clark that he ever gave to me are two words. Words matter. He rehearsed everything he said with me before he would go on air, before he would go into the public. Everything was a rehearsal in my office. Doesn't matter what we were talking about, it was always a rehearsal. When I go out on the street, I'm going to say the right thing. Psalm 19:14. let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. What is he also saying here? He's saying not only when we pray, not only when we're talking to God, but every single thing that we do, every single word that we speak, is it acceptable in God's eyes? And you say, when I'm mad, when I'm angry, when I'm bitter, when I'm going off, I'm not thinking about God. And God says, you better think about me when you get in that predicament. <sighs> Proverbs 12, 18, words matter. There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wide promotes health. Ah. You come up to somebody, your friend, your loved one, your spouse, you take the sword, boom, and you dagger them in the heart. Communication. That's what this is all about. How do we talk to people? How do we talk to our friends? How do we respond to others? Ephesians 5.18 And do not be drunk with wine, wherein is the excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to the Lord. Ooh. You know... How can we say the wrong thing if we're thinking and we're walking in the Spirit? Boom! Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. How do you do that? Pick up that Bible. 
spend some devotional time. When's the last time you had devotions with somebody you love? When's the last time you went out to dinner or uh, a breakfast or uh, with a friend that, that you really love and care about? Not a spouse, I mean a friend. And you just go out and like, man, you know, I was reading this today in the Word of God. And man, I was excited about it. Isn't that good? It's pretty hard to get mad when you're talking about Scripture. And that's Keep the sword out. What else does he say? Keep prayer at the center of your life. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Rejoice always. Well, that's almost as hard as Abraham taking his son to the Mount Moriah. Rejoice always. Be happy. Do you understand my, yeah, life is tough. And God says, I don't care how tough it is. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. That means 24 hours a day, everything you do, every place you go, everything you're thinking about, Lord, would you help me with this? Lord, uh, I need to find something at the store. Could you help? Lord, I, I, I'm going home shortly. I'm going to see my, uh, my good friend. We're going to be talking. I'm going to work shortly. Here's where, here, I need your help today. Uh, uh, Father, I, I'm going to talk with my kids. They've been having some tough stuff. I need your help. Help me not to blow it. Help me to know what to say. Give me wisdom, please. Pray without ceasing. And in everything, give thanks. Do you give thanks? Hey, Dad. Great Christmas. Dad walks in and says, son, how'd you like that watch? Oh, it's great. I'm sorry, man. I, I love it. It's beautiful. The Heavenly Father says, would you mind talking to me? Would you mind spending some time with me? When God wants our fellowship and a relationship is all about fellowship. Our marriage relationships are about fellowship. And you say, well, there's going to be problems and there's going to be things that are difficult. And God says, yes, there are. But pray without ceasing. Give God thanks. A soft answer turns away wrath. Think about what you're saying before you think. In Proverbs 17, he who has knowledge spares his words. And a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. I would go into command staff meetings back before I was up in the upper ranks, if you will. And I'd sit there and I would listen. And I still try to practice that today, no matter where I am. And I listen. And I'm hearing what they say, what they say, what they say, what they say, and I'm watching the dynamics, and I'm watching who's upset, who's happy, who's dominant, who's submissive, and then all of a sudden there's an issue on the table, and I've heard everything. I've analyzed everything in my little head. And I would speak a couple of sentences. Oh, before... I answer things before I heard them. A fool answers in his what? Folly. Folly, F-O-L-L-Y. You take the time, you think before you talk. Do you know how you avoid an argument? Don't start one. <laughs> That's pretty simple. But the other person's so bad, they're fired up, they're angry, they're coming after me. Let them do it. It's fine. You say, but I have to stand my ground. Why? Why? They're upset. They're mad. They're angry. They just need somebody to hear you. 
He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly. Listen. I hate this illustration, but I'm going to use it. Two ears, one mouth. <laughs> I don't know why that bugs me, but you got two ears, use them. One mouth, use it less. James chapter 1. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. You want to stop fighting? Shh, shh. Just listen. Takes two to what? Tango. Don't get involved in the dance. Ephesians 4.32, and be kind to one another. We went through this tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave you. Forgive them. Ah, you know what they did. You know how bad it was. You understand? I don't have to understand. God understands. And God says, do you know what they did to my son? Fathers, mothers, people. Do you know what they did to my son? It's unforgivable. God says, I'm going to forgive him. They killed the son of God. It's unforgivable. God says, no, it's forgivable. Because I asked my son to do this, to pay the ultimate price so that we could have eternal life. It's tough. Researchers state the words we speak make up about 7% of the communication process. Real communication is 7% words, 38% tone, 55% nonverbal. No, I'm not falling. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Now, folks, I didn't say a word, but I screamed volumes, right? 7% words, 38% don't. Hey, I love you! <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Five major, major levels of communication, real quick and we'll quit. Level one, cliche conversation. How do you develop your relationship with somebody? And folks... This is normal relationships, friend to friend. And this is how many marriages never get past the three of the five levels we're going to hit right here. Number one, cliche conversation. Hey, what we do in the hall every time we meet. How you doing? Hey, good, good. We always answer good, right? I have rarely will somebody say anything besides good. Now, I have one young lady who I'm looking at, and she said, well, I'm still above ground. Life is good, right? <laughs> and... Uh, uh, I enjoy that because it's like, okay, you know, I'm happy I'm not I'm not in the ground yet. All right, that's cool. I love that. So on a very rare occasion, somebody says, man, it's been tough. Come with me. It's time to chat. But mostly it's cliche. Ah, I'm doing fine. Life is good. How's the weather? Number two, reporting facts. Are you going to pick up the kids? Yes, I'll be home at five uh, um, and all that. And forget the extra words. That's an accident. But the just basic conversation about things that have to get done. Number three, ideas and judgments. What do you think about that? Let me get your opinion on this. By the way, that can get deep, right? But it, you know, it's just still kind of basic stuff. Now level four. Where we go deeper. It's about feelings and emotions, and it's about that true, and it's there that true growth begins to happen. True growth happens when we start to get real. How do you feel about this? Where are you going with this? Are you communicating down here, or are you just surface talking? Number five, 
wide open communication, mutual understanding, and total honesty. This is where we unzip our hearts, put them out on the table, and share everything. Level four and five appear dangerous because they open us up to pain, risk, fear, and vulnerability. Folks, you want to have a good relationship, you want to truly understand somebody, you want to truly get along with them, you got to get to level five. And speaking the truth in what? Love. Well, folks, we're out of time. I'm going to go to one last slide. Ephesians 4.25, Therefore put away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Truth and trust have to walk hand in hand. Well, folks, I'm going to uh, pray. We're going to close. Uh, I'll stay for a few minutes. If you have questions or comments, the rest can feel free to uh, take off. But if you have something, I certainly want to hear it, and we'll spend a few moments on that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the ability to communicate. Lord, would you please help us to communicate in a way which uh, shows grace to others. Even when we're tried, even when we're angry, even when we're hurt, even by those that we love the most and care about the most. Father, would you please help us to have a demeanor, a character, a way to deal with folks that have hurt us in a loving and kind way. Father, protect our relationships, please. Protect our marriages, please. Protect our uh, uh, father, son, mother, daughter, uh, father, daughter, mother, son relationships and all the many people that we interact with on an everyday basis. Father, help us to do the right thing. May we honor you in everything we say and do and all God's people said. Amen. God bless you. Have a good afternoon. Fathers, enjoy your Father's Day. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.